Guys, can we welcome Peter Lewis? Yeah, come on. All right. Yeah, so good, so good. Yeah, he has an amazing team over here, so let's just bless the team. We're so glad you guys are here. Traveled some from pretty far, I think. Uh, so we're so glad you guys are here. Peter, as you guys know, he's, um, he's the founder of Braveheart Ministries. And I just want to say, like, some of the p- key people even that you've seen in this house have been deeply touched by Peter and his ministry. Um, and he just carries such a heart for, for the gospel, for discipleship. And I am really expectant for what the Lord wants to do this morning. So we're super glad that you're here. Do you want to you wanna share something real quick? I just kept seeing Peter as you were coming. I saw Peter with this big bag of fresh bread. And, and I, you know, the smell of fresh bread will make you hungry even if you weren't hungry before, right? And I feel like he's awakening hunger this morning for more of the reality of Jesus. And I know that's what you release. And we just receive the fullness of what you carry, what you brought, and what you have to release. Amen. Wow. So I'm an evangelist to the church, but I'm also an evangelist for bread. So that's a really awesome word. Yeah, I just feel like bread has come under attack these days, you know, with the gluten-free. And God bless you. If you have a gluten allergy that you don't want, I'll pray for you at the end. I'm serious. We see gluten allergies healed a lot. So if that's you, Jesus is the bread of life. Amen. I guarantee you that bread that he was is gluten. There's gluten in there. It's not the will of God for you to be allergic to gluten. Amen. All right. Man, I'm honored, 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 honored to be here. I want to honor you guys, uh, Stephen Marcy. I was uh, just here this morning. I was telling you guys when we had lunch or coffee, you and Andrew. Um, I was here. Last time I was here was like 2006. I think Heidi was here. I think I was over there. Um, and, and I walked in and I heard the Lord say, the shade of my presence that's here doesn't happen overnight. And I've been hearing this phrase that faithful is the new radical. That, that, that we associate being radical with the new thing. Our culture, Gen Z, millennial, it's like radical. It's like, what's the new thing? And I feel like the Spirit's saying that faithful is the new radical. And that in these last days we're walking into the mothers and fathers that have been faithful are are the ones who are truly radical because faithfulness, radical is that which is rare, that which which is new. And I feel like faithfulness is such a rare radical concept in this day. And so I just want to bless you and honor you for your faithfulness, for your longevity, for your yes that has spanned decades as a, as a son, as a, as a son of this city, as this region, like your presence and your voice has been felt. And I just see this like prophetically, I just see this giant oak tree that you guys have built here. And shade isn't really cool unless it's hot. Do you know what I mean? Like shade's not relevant unless it's hot. And I, and I really felt like the Lord said, in the days to come, it's going to get hotter and hotter and that the shade of his presence is here that's going to refresh many. And I just feel prophetically even many ministries and leaders are going to come to you. They're going to actually come to this house to be refreshed. And the, and the, the story I was remembering was when the Lord came to Abraham 
to be refreshed by him. That Abraham actually presented the Lord a meal, uh, and, and the Lord was refreshed by Abraham. And I just feel like you guys are going to be such a, a refreshing ministry to many, many leaders in the body of Christ. And so I just I want to honor you. I bless you. I'm so grateful to be with you this morning. So can we just bless your pastors? Can we just speak a blessing over you? Lord, we just bless Stephen Marcy in the name of Jesus. God, I command a blessing upon them this morning. God, we thank you for their lives. We thank you for, uh, God, every decade that they have said yes to you, Lord. And I ask, your word says, he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. And so, Father, would you refresh these two, God, for the decades to come in your kingdom, Lord. I just, I just hear the Lord saying over you, there's no quit in you, that you're going to do this until he comes. You're going to do this until he comes. And so, Lord, we just bless them, God. And I thank you for the promises. There's prophetic words and promises that have yet to be fulfilled. And so I say, breath of God, would you breathe on them? Would you breathe on them in this season? Breath of God, in your timing, in your season, just breath of God blow. See, sometimes it can feel like the, 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 you're at a sailboat out at sea and the wind has just stopped blowing and there's just like a, what, what's happening? And I just see the, the wind of God just filling your sails in that movement beginning again, that movement of activity in the Spirit. And so, Lord, we just come into agreement, Lord, for the wind of heaven, the wind of heaven that no man can generate, no, no amount of effort or strategy or, 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 or wisdom can generate the wind of God. And so, wind of God, blow upon your precious son and daughter. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. All right. Love you guys. Um, let's hop into the word, 1 Peter 2, 2. You can turn there if you have your Bibles. I'm sure the media people, they didn't ask me my verses, which means that they're good at just going there, you know? First Peter 2, 2. We'll read this and then we'll pray. We'll hop into the word. Say amen when you're there. Amen. amen. All right. First Peter 2, 2 says, Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk. that by it you may grow up into salvation. Verse 3, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Read it again. Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk. The pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Just put your hand on your heart as we pray. Father, we recognize your presence in our midst this morning. We discern that you're with us because we've gathered in your name, and you said where we gather in your name, there you would be in our midst. And so thank you for being with us. Thank you that you are Emmanuel. Thank you that 
that you promised to be with us. And like that song that we sang at the end there, Lord, it's, it's really you that we want. It's you that we desire. God, we surrender our hearts to you the best we know how this morning. We ask that you would feed us, that you would nourish us, that you would strengthen us, Lord. That you would awaken us, Lord. Awaken our senses to your presence. God, awaken our inside. Awaken our insides to your goodness. To your goodness, Lord. We confess that we need you and that apart from you, we can do nothing this morning. Apart from you, Lord, we have nothing. We honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, I, I, love, I love this verse because this verse speaks of growth and growing. And the word that sticks out to me in 1 Peter 2.2 2 is the word grow. Now, I want to make this simple because I know we've got kids in the room, which is awesome. And also the gospel simple. Jesus, uh, he makes things really simple. And so, when we talk about growing things, here Peter says you can actually grow into salvation. How many of you knew that your salvation was a living thing that could grow? See, I, I think some of us, we, we were initially, it was positioned, at least to me, that salvation was a moment, and then my Christian life was just something that would just carry on. But actually, the Bible teaches that your salvation, meaning that that which Christ has done not only saved us, past tense, but is saving us and one day will save us when he comes back. Amen? This is the gospel. It comes in three tenses. I'm saved, I'm being saved, and I will be saved. That's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. God literally surrounds us with his salvation, with his grace, with his goodness. It's like if I were to look back, I see salvation. If I were just to be today, I'm being saved. And if I look to the future, I'm like the Proverbs 31 woman who laughs at the days to come because she knows salvation's coming. Come on. We, we, need, we need to learn from the Proverbs 31 woman. She laughs at the days to come. You know why she laughs? Think about that. Like She laughs at tomorrow because she knows God is there. Some of you have been, been really anxious about tomorrow, about the future, and God's inviting us to laugh with the Proverbs 31 woman. Because listen, there's trials, there's shakings, there, we, we're, you guys are, worship team is savage. You know, we're singing about shaking and tear down, you put these nice, y'all got to be careful with those songs. These melodies are so nice and melodic, like thank you Jesus, just tear down all my religion shake everything in my life that's not you. I'm like, we, those words went on. I said, wait a minute. Let me make sure I want to sing this song. I'm serious because he's a consuming fire. He'll do it. He'll do it. He'll shake things. 2020, he shook some things. Did he not? We're still feeling the reverberations of systems and things that he's shaking that goes, man, that's not me. And we all learned, we all learned some stuff that we put our, our weight on and our trust in that wasn't him. I don't know, maybe I was the only one in 2020 that discovered some things I was leaning on that wasn't eternal. But the beautiful thing about God is he, in his kindness and mercy, he will shake and tremble that which is around us so that our hope and trust and life is built on him. So we can grow. Say, we can grow. Look to your neighbor say, we can grow up. Now, 
When you talk about growth, everything grows according to God's design. Everything. Look at your neighbor and say, everything grows according to God's design. When God began to teach this to me, he, he asked me a question. He said, he said, Peter, he said, what, which one of my creations tries to be what I created it to be? This was a question he asked me. I was sitting in prayer, forget what I was reading. He goes, what, what have I created of anything does it try to be what I created it to be? I thought about it for a second. And like a little Rolodex in my mind, I started thinking about, I, the first thing I thought about was a big oak tree. And I looked at an oak tree in my mind. And he goes, and he was just kind of walking me through. He goes, does it try to be an oak tree? I thought, no, that's kind of silly. I chuckled the same. This is, this is a silly question, Lord. But how many of you know the Lord doesn't ask silly questions? If you start laughing, you're about to get just slammed because <laughs> he's revealing a mindset that we, that we find laughable, but then when he reveals that we have that mindset, it actually hurts so good. And so then I thought about a tiger. I don't know why it was the next thing I thought about. I just thought of, I saw a tiger lying there, and he says, does a tiger try to be what I created it to be? I said, no, Lord. And I went through just thing after thing, created thing. And I said, Lord, nothing that you've created tries to be what you created it to be. He said, wrong. He said, Christians are the only one of my creations that try to be what I created them to be. He said, not even sinners try. He said, sinners just sin. They're just good at it. They're just, they're just sinning according to their nature. And he said this to me. He said, you prove that you don't trust my design, the new covenant, when you try to be what I created you to be. And I was like, oh, that's bad. I said, Lord, I don't want to try to be what you created me to be. And I began to see, it was like in a moment, how do you know, like you just spend time in the Word and you're reading, you're reading the Word, you're not reading to get a sermon, you just want to know God. And, but in those moments, it's like a, like a cascading dominoes that fall over. You, I started to see all of this language that speaks to design and growth and not doing but being. Your Romans called to belong, abiding, beholding, all these things that are bees. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, Wow. And so, and so what I want to do this morning is I want to, I want to give us some hash marks. I want to give us some, some, some irreducible minimal, minimals. What do we need to grow up into salvation? Because if we were going to, how many of you have grown a garden? I know we're out here in kind of Fort Worth. Many of you, you chase raccoons, and I'm sure you have gardens. <laughs> Praise God. So kids, you can help me out here. I'm going to ask the kids here because this is real simple. If I have a, um, I like to grow jalapenos, so let's just use jalapenos as an example, okay? So if I have a, a nice, perfect jalapeno seed, okay, what do I need? How many of you know what that jalapeno seed needs to grow? Raise your hand if you know, if you're a kid. Yeah, right here. It needs the sun. Awesome. All right, remember the sun. Okay, these are points to my sermon. Yeah, 
It needs water. So we've got sun, water, yes, you hear. Soil, yes. And air. Soil, water, air, and sun. This is what you need to grow things. Now, if God is inviting us to grow, and he's saying, hey, now how many of you know what's the end goal for the Christian? What's, what's growth? What's maturity look like? What's fruit look like? Him. So, so this is the litmus test for growth in our life. So it doesn't matter if you're 80 or 8 in this room. The litmus test to whether or not you've grown up in God is do you look like him on the outside and the inside? This is the blessing and the promise of the new covenant that we would be conformed into his image, that we would be transformed from carnal, human, selfish, me, 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 I, 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 to, to vessels of honor, to those who give extravagantly, to those who look like the Son. This is the litmus test for our faith, is to look like him. This is the promise. This is the greatest adventure, the greatest journey. We get to grow up into salvation to look like Jesus. This is amazing to me. This is, this is mind-blowing. That we start off carnal, selfish, stuck in our sins, and that the gospel comes to us. We get born again to a living hope, and that, and that he not only forgives us for what we did, amen, Praise God, we get forgiven for our sins, but he removes sin in us. Someone say hallelujah. hallelujah. He didn't just cancel what you did, he took away that which deadened you to his presence. We've got to understand that, that, that the gospel comes to us, it comes to us to set us free from sin. Now the church is really good at talking about and understanding that he delivered us and forgave us of our sins, uh, which is what you do. But you've, we've got to understand the nature of sin still is plaguing the church today. Sin is still plaguing the church. And sin is that which deadens you to the presence of God on the inside. Like, like when you get really, really free from sin, not just sins, uh, but sin, you're conscious on the inside of God. This is what happened in the garden. Adam and Eve were, were initially, the, the day they died, the day they ate the tree, they died. What happened? Their consciousness. They were no longer aware of God, both on the outside and the inside. They were aware of themselves. They're aware of their themselves. <laughs> Sound familiar? Now, the danger of being aware of yourself in a Christian circle is you can actually create ministry for yourself. Come on. You can create ministries for yourself. You say, I need this and I need that. Well, what's happening, that's coming out of a sin consciousness. You're, you're aware of all your nakedness and your shame. And what happens is, if we don't take people to the cross, into the, into the work of Jesus and who he is and what he's done, we'll actually end up trying to fix things that he already fixed 2,000 years ago. And it's, and it's really subtle. It's really kind of like, it feels right. It feels like there's a glory in it. But if it, if it doesn't actually set you free and make you look like him, it's, it's worth examining. 
Do you know what I mean? Like it's worth going, hey, are, is this right? If you've been getting the same prayer ministry for the same habit for, for a year and two years and it hasn't shifted, it hasn't changed, then there's got to be a different way. It would be like if you were trying to grow something in your garden and you're like, man, it's not growing. You'd go to someone who knows gardens and you say, hey, what gives? And they'd say, well, what are you doing? And they say, well, I, I took the, soil, the seed and I put it in the soil and the sun is shining and I've got plenty of air and it's just not growing. And they would say, oh, God bless. Are you not putting any water on it? No, I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know you are supposed to put water on it. Oh yeah, you got to put water on it. If you just put water on it, you're doing everything right, but you just need a little water on there. And then watch what will happen. And this is the same way with God's design. If you take away one element, the whole thing doesn't work. But the elements go together and they're simple. And so I want to unpack this morning the elements of how we grow up in God. So jump back to 1 Peter 1, 22 to 23. This is awesome this morning, by the way. This is going to help us. 1 Peter 1, 22 to 23. Same, same page. Say amen when you're there. Okay, Peter says, Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth. I wish I could preach that. <laughs> Before you can obey the commands of God, you have to obey the truth of God. What do I mean by that? When God says, hey, don't let any, any uh, corrupting talk come out of your mouth, that's a, that's a command in the new covenant. That's a, that's a do something. Hey, don't, don't talk nasty. Don't cuss. Don't, don't let corrupting talk come out of your mouth. Before you can actually obey the commands of God, you have to obey the truth of God. What is the truth of God? It's Jesus. Truth is a man. And so before you can actually walk in obedience to all the commands of the new covenant, you have to obey the truth of the new covenant. And the truth of the new covenant is that you've been crucified with Christ, buried with him, resurrected to newness of life. You have a faithful high priest who's praying for you and one day will come back to marry you. That's the truth of the gospel. And so the reason why I'm not going to let corrupting talk come out of my mouth, because I actually believe that my corrupting tongue was nailed to a cross and buried 2,000 years ago. Because I obey that truth, I believe that truth, now it's really easy not to say those things out of my mouth. But if I'm disobedient to the truth, if I don't actually believe he did that, he said that, now I'm going to have a really hard time with all the commands. Are you with me? This is why one of the commands of the New Testament is heal the sick. That's a commandment. That's not a suggestion. Cast out devils. Hey, I, I need you. You guys know this is our, our mandate, right? That's one of the many things we're commanded to do. Heal the sick and cast out devils. Because if some of you are like, well, he just told the apostles that. No, not here. You don't, you don't believe that. But he, but he says, I want you to teach them, the Great Commission, teach them everything that I commanded you. So now it just includes us. <laughs> Amen? And so heal the sick is a command. Well, I can't heal the sick if I don't obey the truth, well, what's the truth of the gospel? I've been crucified with Christ, buried with him, resurrected to newness of life, filled with the Holy Ghost. Oh, I've been filled with God. And so it's as simple as reaching out my hand and laying my hands on the sick. Why? Because I'm some anointed vessel? No, because God lives in there. 
He's a healer. The healer lives in here. So something happens when I reach out this this hand, this jar of clay, and I touch a sick person, I'm not trusting in my anointing and how amazing I am to heal the sick. I'm extending my hand in faith, touching a sick person. Why? Because Jehovah Rapha lives inside of me by his spirit. I, I believe that truth. And so I expect that when I touch a sick person, that Rapha's going to do what he do. <laughs> Come on. This, this, we got to get out of the way. God is good at being God. And he makes Christianity so fun when you just let God be God. And you trust in his design. It's hard to get discouraged. It's hard to get discouraged by your flesh and where you're at. I'm like, oh, we got five, my, I got five kids, my wife and I, and life gets crazy sometimes and hard sometimes. And you can go places and preach or do ministry, and you're like, oh, and you can feel like, like God, I don't think you're going to move this morning because I don't feel. And then I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> wait a minute. You're the living God. You love people more than I love people. Success this morning doesn't hinge on, on a man. It's on him. Amen? All right. That's what it means, obedience to the truth. We have to obey the truth of who Jesus is and what he's done. For a sincere brotherly love, love one another from a pure heart. Verse 23, since you have been born again. Say born again. Not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. So to grow something, you have to have a good seed. Say a good seed. If I have a rotten seed, if the seed is rotten, and I put it in soil, and I give it sunlight and water and air, and every condition is perfect, yet the seed is rotten, it will not grow. It cannot grow. The first question we have to answer as a church, and, and you may be saying, Peter, this is, why are we going back to this? Because I meet a lot of Christians, and they haven't settled this question. You need to answer the question, are you a good seed or are you a bad seed? Once and for all. You're either a good tree or a bad tree. And there's many, many believers that I meet, they're still wrestling because they're still struggling with maybe sinful thoughts and sinful habits. They're going, well, maybe I'm, maybe I'm a bad tree. Maybe, maybe something's wrong with me. But I want to tell you, if you've been born again, the Bible says you're a good tree. You're a good seed. Why? Because the gift of righteousness came to you through the word of God. It's a gift. And so I want you to think of the gift of righteousness as a seed. And so God, through the gospel, takes the seed of his son by the spirit and he plants it into your heart. But for him to do that, he first has to scrub you by his blood. He has to forgive you on the inside and the outside. And he makes your heart pure. Oh, somebody better get happy. Because if you, if, you, if you can just think about the fact that his blood cleanses our hearts and makes us pure, and you're like, okay, what's next? You may need to go back. I'm serious. This truth is enough to cause you to wake up and explode with joy every single morning for the rest of your life. It's better than coffee. It's better than water. I say this a lot. You can know everything about the substance that is in this bottle. 
and still be thirsty. You can know every, Peter, I know my heart's pure. Okay, then do this. See, knowing it brings you a level of confidence. Drinking it refreshes your soul. Oh, I know I'm pure. Okay, well then drink of it. And watch what will happen. You'll get intoxicated with joy. You'll get filled with peace. You'll be like, oh my gosh, I can't move. (laughs) It's better than coffee, I promise you. He's purified. Listen, his blood is the most powerful substance ever. And he's made us clean on the inside. The only thing that can make you clean is the blood of Jesus. I'm going to flip this table over because I'm getting excited. Drink of it. Like, drink of it right now. Just take a minute and go, wow, am I, am I living in that reality? Am I, am I breathing that in? Wow, Jesus, your blood's cleansed me. There's nothing I have to do this morning to get right with you. There's nothing. Your blood speaks a better word. Clean. Clean. Just drink it. Just drink it. You can know it, but you got to drink it. Y'all know the difference? Oh, come on. This is, a, this is part of shaking up the things. It doesn't matter what you know. If you're not filled with peace and joy at that reality, you need to drink. You're still thirsty. You're knowing about water, but you're not drinking water. Do you see the analogy? You can know all about this, but you have to drink it for it to work. You can be holding it in your hand. You could be known as the water boy and still be thirsty. And so how, you're like, how do, how do I drink it? You allow the truth of it to refresh your soul. You, you, you repent if you're numb to it. I, I can't tell you how, the reason I can talk this way, I grew up in the church and I, I used to be so numb to these realities that were, I believe we were intended to drink from every day of our lives. The gospel is not something that we ever just like, well, I know that. I get real afraid in my own heart when I think, oh, I know that. What do you mean you know that? Like, I, I know a steak dinner. Oh, you serve me a steak dinner, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to devour it. I'm going to savor it. I'm going to eat it. I'm not going to get a steak dinner and go, you know what? I've had filet mignon. I, no, I know that. I don't need that. We do that, though. God serves us filet every day. And we're like, I know that. He serves us bread and wine. We're like, I know. And he's like, no, 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 no. Eat it. It's not for you to know. It's for you to eat. Every truth of the kingdom is meant to be consumed. And you know you're consuming it because, listen, it's the same way. I know we have people in here, you fasted, amen? And when you're fasted, you you become aware physically that you haven't eaten in a little while. You get hangry. That's like angry and hungry. And you're like irritable. And And then you get that like you're gonna break. And hopefully you just completed your fast and you didn't fail. But I've failed a lot of fasts, more than I've ever succeeded. And you get that warm sourdough bread and you toast it and you put the butter on it. And when you eat it, no, hear me, when you eat it, you can feel that quickening. You can feel the light come back to your eyes. It's so good. And then you got to tell yourself, be patient, because if you've been fasting, that's going to hurt if you eat too much. Right? It's the same with these truths. Your spirit man goes, 
Oh, yeah. It's hungry. I meet so many Christians, they're hungry, but not because there's not food. One of the ways you know you're eating in the kingdom is you're actually hungry for more. It's a sign, it's a sign of, of health is desire for God. If you find yourself not desiring to spend time with God, not desiring to eat of his word, not desiring to look at him, not desiring to worship, it's a sign that you're hungry. When, you're, when you feel like, like a zeal and, a, and an alertness in your spirit and you're like, I want God, I, I, I have to see him. I want to be in his presence. I want to read this. It's a sign that you're healthy. Amen? So, you, so we've got to answer this question. Are you a good seed or are you a bad seed? Jesus said it this way. He said a healthy tree cannot bear what? Bad fruit. And a bad tree cannot bear. And we read, we read that and we go, oh, he's talking about fruit. No, he's talking about trees. He's talking about trees. He said, well, we'll know them by our fruit. Well, we'll know what? We'll know what kind of tree they are. He's appealing to the nature of design. He's saying, hey, the way my kingdom works, whatever I designed, the fruit will reveal that which it is. All right. Are you guys good seats? Am I preaching to the choir? Okay. Mostly choir. All right, so if you have a good seed, we need the things that our kids so beautifully told us. We have soil. You have soil. Now, soil, I believe, represents two things. John 12, 24, you can put it up there on the screen. I'll just read it to you. You don't have to turn there. In order for a seed to work... It's got to go into the soil. And Jesus said this way, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat, that's the seed, falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. He's revealing design. Unless the grain falls into the earth, the soil, and it dies, it stays just a seed. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. That's a big if. It's a big if. Your seed of righteousness belongs in the soil. And I believe that the soil represents our co-crucifixion and co-burial with Christ. This is that place where we we, we die. Many of you, you feel like you've been in a season where you've been buried, where you've been hidden, where you've been covered up by God, and you're going, God, what gives? I feel like I'm in the ground. And, and it's because you don't understand the design. You feel like God's buried you, but he actually just planted you. Oh, y'all didn't receive that, or you didn't hear it, one or the other. He didn't bury you. See, burial is final, when you bury something, it's dead not to come up again. When something dies that's not going to live again, you bury it. Are y'all hearing me? If something dies and it's not going to live again, you bury it. But that which will live again, which will come up something new, you plant. 
they're in the same place, it feels the same way, it's dark, it's nasty, you can't see anything, and the transformation process is not pleasant. There's decay. There's a decay of the old so that the new can come forth. That's the amazing thing about a seed. I want you to understand this. A little tiny seed has within it the DNA to actually become something that it's not. But the only way the transformation happens is if it goes into the ground and dies, some life will come up and it'll be something new that you've never seen before. You said, hey, how, come that, how could that come out of that? Can you imagine not knowing God's design and taking a seed, something that you could actually eat, and putting it into the ground? If you didn't know the design, you'd go, man, that's wasteful. So you know, you just don't understand. See, I'm going to put it in, and with some time in the right environment, this thing's actually going to produce a multiplied fruit and harvest that's going to feed so many more people instead of me just eating the seed. I want to say this in, in line with the death. I believe that community is also the soil that our seed is meant to grow up in. And community is messy. Amen. It's painful. It's dirty. But your seed is not meant to be. This is not some like, well, let me go, let me go get my own garden all by myself and just plant myself. God doesn't do that. He puts you with his family because there's a, there is a life-giving nutrients that flow from one another, through one another. See, the roots of the moms and dads that have gone before us, they speak to us as seeds and go, huh, that looks like life. Are y'all seeing this? Those of you who have freshly planted, you're like, huh, that looks like, and they're shouting from the skies, from beholding the heavens. They're going, it's good up here. Just give it some time. Oh, just wait. You're going to bear much fruit. Just be patient with the process. Who am I speaking to? All right. We need water. You got to have water. Anyone have a guess on the water? Don't be shy. 1 Corinthians 12, 13. I want to show you this in the Word so you don't forget, because then you can always look at a garden, but then you'll, remind, you'll be reminded of how you grow. 1 Corinthians 12, 13 says this, For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. We're all made to drink of one spirit. What's he saying? He's saying we all get water the same way, the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit waters, waters the life of God in you that is planted in his death and lived out in community. The Spirit of God waters you. Now you say, Peter, what do I do? How do I... How do I get this Holy Spirit? How do I drink of the Holy Spirit? I believe, very simply, we ask the Father. You say, well, I have the Holy Spirit. That would be like a seed saying, I've been rained on once. Jesus said, he said, ask the Father for the Holy Spirit. Ask him. 
Jesus said that. He says, I want you, listen, if you, if you as dads know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your dad give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So it's real simple. Father, I'm thirsty. Will you give me the Holy Spirit? And you'd be surprised. Like, I know, I know we've encountered the Holy Spirit. I know we have. But it doesn't get old. Like we can't, I don't want to reduce the amount of times or the places that I can drink from God. You know what I mean? Like I don't want a gospel that's, that, that I can only drink from when I come to church on Sunday. That doesn't feel right to me. I love coming to church and drinking. And, and Andrew or Steve or Mark, they get up and they open the river of their belly, water comes out and we drink from it and praise God we go home. But what if, what if while you were doing the dishes, mom, moms, you could just drink? Dads, what if while you were at your work, while you were teaching, while you were about your day, while you were driving, you could just drink? You could just drink, drink. And we allowed God to, to water us. Kids, while you were at school, what if while you were at school listening to your teacher, you could drink from the Holy Spirit? And you say, well, I'll get drunk in the Spirit and get on the floor. Well, maybe. That would be cool. You would have a testimony. Do it, Lord. <laughs> Do it. But the Spirit of God will also quicken you, kids. It'll quicken you to, to hear and to learn and to listen. The Spirit of God is life. He's life. It's how we live. It's, I don't, it's life. You can't live the Christian life without the water, without the Spirit. And if you feel like something's wrong, you feel like, man, I just feel dry, it's because we need the Spirit. And we need, I believe in these days, guys, we need men and women and children like filled and intoxicated with the Spirit. We, we need it in these days. Why? Because listen, there's kids at your school and they're talking about stuff they shouldn't be talking about and, and stuff happening in our world and we need the presence of God to be kind in the face of evil. To love our enemies. Come on, to love. Jesus said, love your enemies. Oh, you're gonna flex your way into loving your enemies? No, you're gonna just be filled with God. You're going to be reminded of how much he loves you. You're going to be reminded that he hung naked on a cross looking at his murderer saying, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And you're going to go, wow, you did that. I can do that. I can actually love people who are, who are, who are harmful and wicked. I can manifest your love, God. Come on. Come on. This is our inheritance. Lord, help us. Father, we ask you this morning for the Holy Spirit. We ask you to fall fresh on us this morning. We're thirsty for you. We need air. We need oxygen. This is a teaching of its own. I don't have time to unpack this because I want to get to the, the other couple, but um, the oxygen of the new covenant is grace. It's grace. It's the grace of God. It's what empowers us to, to live and move and have our being. Jesus himself was full of grace and truth. 
And it's the grace of God that we breathe. And the way that we, that we partner with God's design is we repent of living according to the law. A system of do's and don'ts to try to get growth to happen. God says, no, you don't get to strive and flex your way into fruit. You get to breathe and abide your way into fruit. And so the grace of God is the air we breathe. God, do I have to do this? No, you were born again to do it. God, do I have to do this? No, you don't. You get to. I wrote my law on your heart. And if you look close enough, you actually want to do it. Come on. I'm going to give you one key here. Think about all your have to's. And if you look deep enough, you actually want to. I feel like I just need to spend more time with God. I feel like I just need to, you fill in the blank. And it becomes a have to. It becomes a, I have to do this. But if you look deep enough, by the Spirit of God, it's actually a want to. And that humble, seedling desire became a demand, and we didn't know it because we got our flesh on it. But the Spirit of God will wash us from that and he'll actually testify and say, hey, you actually want that. I remember this manifest in my life years ago. I would hear these men of God waking up at four in the morning and spending hours with God. And I'm like, I want to do that. Because if I do that, like it was just a want to. I was like, I like the idea of getting up before everyone and all my kids and all that. And I remember the first few mornings I set my alarm and just blew right through it. you know, Just right through it. I wake up seven o'clock, feel condemned, you know, you missed it. I didn't say that, but I felt it, right? I felt like, man, I missed it. A few months went by. I was in the shower. It was about 7.30 in the morning, and uh, I was showering, and the presence of God came in my shower, and he spoke to me. He said, hey, are you tired of waking up condemned? I was like, good morning to you, you know? <laughs> Lord just has no chill, no, no foyer. He just comes right in. <laughs> no niceties. Are you tired of waking up condemned? I was like, I, yes, I guess I am, you know. And he said, um, he said, I see your desire to wake up early. He goes, I love that. He was like, your flesh is hindering you from doing that right now. I'm like, yeah, I know. Thank you for reminding me. And he's like, but you know I'm here at 7.30 and at 9 a.m. and at 10 a.m. and at 3 p.m. and at 4 p.m. My presence is here and I want to spend time with you. Stop thinking that because you missed me at 4 a.m., you can't talk to me at 7 a.m. I, I had just assumed, because I missed this window, that the whole thing was shut down. And he's like, knock it off. Breathe my air. I'm here. Come on, that's for somebody. You just got delivered. Who just got delivered? All right. We need sunlight. Any ventures, any guesses? Yay. Revelation, this is your Bible though. Revelation 21, 23. We're closing up. The team can come up or the, the, the key. Yeah. Sean? Yes. Thank you, Holy Spirit. He is a ninja. Sean and the Holy Spirit. Revelation 21. 23. I don't want to just make stuff up. This is in your Bible. Do you see this? There, God has designed a way to grow. And if, like, if we saw someone trying to grow a garden and they weren't doing it according to design, we would say, oh, 
You need, to, you need to get these things in order. And it's the same with the believer. And God's design is, is, is rigid, but it's life-giving. You can't change it. You can't mess with it. Don't assume that you can grow some other way. You can't grow another way. God's like, I've designed everything to grow this way. You can study creation. Everything grows this way, including the believer. And so you go from a baby Christian to a mature Christ-like believer simply with a good seed, soil, air, water, and sun in a good amount of time. 21:23. in the city of God has no need of sun or moon to shine on it for the glory of God gives it light and its lamp is the lamb. The light that many of us need to grow is the lamb. Now it's interesting to me that he says the, that the light is the lamb. There's an ironic blessing that says, may the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his to shine upon you. And I think one of the most powerful things we can do as sons and daughters of God, you say, I, Peter, I, I'm stuck in this sin. I'm, I'm stuck in this situation. I want to grow. I want to be transformed. I want to I wanna be from, from here. I want to be over there. I want to be mature. I want to be able to love my enemies. I want to be able to walk and be more than a conqueror. Come on, who is that? Like, I want to be able to love my spouse well. I want to be able to, to walk in the power of God. I want to see the, the sick healed and the dead raised. Like, come on, who is that? I want to walk in triumph. I want to not let CNN and Fox and, and the shaking of the world get in my soul. Comparison and FOMO, I don't want that anymore. I don't want what's happening in our nation to, to plague me anymore. I want to be above it. And the Father says, I, I think you need to just let my face shine on you for a little bit. And I believe that this is, this is a picture of God's face shining on us. That when God reveals his pleasure, stay with me, two more minutes. When he reveals his pleasure for you, like his pleasure over your life right now in the form of a smile. So how do you... How, Peter, how can I know he's smiling? Because of the lamb. The lamb of God was the revelation of the love of God. It was a revelation of his pleasure for you and for me. Once and for all, it was a proclamation. I love you. But Lord, what about my sin? What about my son? I love you. Lord, what about where I've been? What about my son? I love you. I love you. So can we just take a few minutes? We're going to have the, 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 I know there's going to be a ministry and prophetic team. But I believe for many of you, the smile of God, the light of Jesus wants to penetrate that cloudy soul. You just feel like, man, I feel like my soul has been 
clouded by discouragement, by heaviness. Here comes the sun. Do 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 do. So just sit there for a minute, like a like a seedling, like a sprouted plant. You can hold your hands out, whatever it looks like for you, and just allow for a few minutes the light of his face to shine upon you. See him smiling over you. Let it warm your affections, where your affections have feel like they've gotten cold for God or for for family members. You feel like you've been short and frustrated and in your flesh. Let the warmth of his affection come. Father, pour your love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit this morning. It's your love, God. It's the love of God. God, I thank you that your love removes every cloud of shame and of guilt and of condemnation, of depression, suicide, feeling like you're never doing enough. The love of God removes that heaviness. The cross has spoken. You are forgiven. As you begin to feel your affections warmed towards the Lord, I want you to just give them back to the Lord. You don't have to. You get to. Come on, just let there be an exchange. Just another couple minutes. Just let there be an exchange of love and affection this morning of connection. Father, thank you for shining the light of your love upon us this morning. Thank you for the proclamation of your son. Thank you, God, once and for all, you cried out, I love you. I love you. I love you. Your I love you silences every other voice, every other feeling of unworthiness, of of feeling unloved, God. I thank you for your love to pierce the darkness. God, to, to soften numb hearts, to remove the veil, Lord, Come on, you you know if the veil has been on your heart. Remove the veil, Lord. Remove the veil. Wake us up to your presence this morning. Come on, can you just begin to pray and commune with the Lord? Together, can we do this together? Can we commune with him? Just commune with your Savior.
commune with him. You can let a song rise from your heart. That would be beautiful. Just a song to the Lord. It can be a a praise. It can be just a prayer of thanksgiving. You You can pray in tongues if you don't know what to pray. You can just sing out in the spirit. We're so used to being led by the worship team or by a pastor. Come on, church, let's just let the Spirit lead us. Just surrender to Him. Just yield to Him. Just, let, just, just for a few more minutes, just let your Spirit pour out to the Lord. Come on, just unconscious of your neighbor. Just, Lord, we just give you ourselves, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you. Sura na 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 ye, sura na 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 na. You're beautiful, Lord. You're beautiful, Lord. Oh Lord, we give you our hearts this morning. I give you my heart, Lord. Awaken our affections. Awaken our affections. Come on, church. You're worthy, Lord. You're worthy of our praise. You're worthy of our affection. You're worthy. You're worthy. Come on, you can just walk through. God, thank you that I'm a good seed. Come on, thank you that I'm a good seed. Just put something on your lips to connect with his truth, to connect with his word. Oh, Father, I ask you for the Holy Spirit. Just whatever it is, whatever quickened you in that design, Father, thank you that you've planted me in good soil. Thank you that this house is good soil. Thank you for the fertile ground. Wow, thank you for the fertile ground. Come on, just let gratitude arise as his grace is poured out. Breathe in the oxygen. If you feel like you've been under a yoke of the law, just say, oh, God, thank you. I don't have to. I want to. Oh, thank you. I don't have to. I want to. I want to honor my mom and dad. I want to obey them. Come on. I want to love my spouse. I don't, I don't have to. I get to. I get to manifest you to the world around me. Thank you, God. I get to forgive because I've been forgiven much, Lord. Oh, I don't have to conquer. I get to conquer. Thank you, Jesus, that I'm more than a conqueror, Lord. Come on, something happens from your own heart when you respond to him. It's something, it's a song that only you can sing. It's a prayer that only you can pray. He's after our hearts. He's after our hearts. Oh, just eat the bread. Drink the wine. Yeah, just sing out in the spirit. Just let that river flow. Let that river of living water flow. You can just put your hand on your neighbor if you know your neighbor and just let that river of God flow. Come on, just put your hand, just agree with what God's doing. Just bless your children. Say, river of God, flow. River of God, flow over the children. Bless them, Lord. Spirit of the living God, pour out on our children, God, like you declared through Peter, that I will pour out my spirit on my sons and my daughters, Lord. Thank you that they shall prophesy. Lord, thank you for the fathers in the house dreaming dreams, Lord. Thank you for visions, God. Thank you for just a new realm and activation in the spirit over our children, God. Remove the veil, God. 
Remove the veil. Give them eyes to see. Father, we ask you for the Holy Spirit. We ask you, according to the blood of Jesus, the sacrifice of your son, we ask God for an outpouring this morning of your spirit upon us. Come on, church, if that's you, just, just tarry. It's worth it, I promise. It's better than lubies, God. We Just pour out your spirit. Pour out your spirit upon us, Lord. Why not this morning, God? Why not this morning, God? We're hungry, Lord. Open the heavens, God. Let the river flow from our bellies. Come on, bless your neighbor. Bless your child. Bless your son, your daughter. Bless your spouse. Come on, pray for them. Pray for them that they would be quickened in the spirit. Find someone. Just bless them. Let the river flow, God. Let the river flow. Let the river flow. Let the river flow. Let the river flow. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we drink deep of your spirit this morning. We drink deep of your spirit, God. Oh, we let our hearts rise to you. Come on, you know the song. Let's sing this together as we close. Come on, every voice. It's the incense of your heart. It's a life of gratitude. Thank you, God. We bless you, Lord. Come on, every voice. 